Would you turn please to the book of James this morning? The book of James and the uh, fifth chapter. If you've been with us in these Sunday mornings the last few weeks uh, and months actually, then you know that we've been teaching on the subject of prayer. And our text here in James 5 says, in verse 13, Is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Verse 14, he talked about you could call for the elders of the church, and they would pray over you. Verse 15, the prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise him up. Verse 16, confess your faults one to another, and what? Pray. Pray. One for another. So it's obviously this whole passage is dealing with prayer. And he says the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Gives an example. Elijah was a man subject to like passions as we are. And he prayed earnestly that it might not rain. And it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. And he prayed again. And the heaven gave rain and the earth brought forth her fruit. The earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man avails much. Amplified says makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. Elijah prayed and the very atmosphere was changed. The sky and the cycles of vapor and heat and all those things were changed in the earth because he prayed. How many believe today we can pray? And proper prayer, effective prayer, things will be changed in the earth. What a great privilege. And also a responsibility. But how many understand we are not left without recourse? I mean, when you hear something on the news and and you see this or that and it's not going your way and you're not in charge and you know it's not godly and you know it's not right. Are we helpless? Do we have to just sit back and say, well, what can we do? We can pray. Right? And not just beg and not just pray in vain and pray purposelessly or, you know, amiss. Not just throw out a bunch of religious stuff and hope some of it hits. No, you can pray according to the Word. You can pray according to the Spirit and get results every time. Can you say amen? Amen. So that's why we've been spending all this time on this subject because we want to learn how to pray effectively. Because the effectual prayer of a righteous man, somebody who knows they're standing in Christ, is effective. It makes a difference in the world. And that's the kind of praying faith life folks are doing and are going to do. Effective prayer. You know, uh, uh, just recently when the little child was born prematurely and... Uh, they brought a bad report, you know, to the family, and the family said, well, no, our church will pray. Amen. Faith Life Church will pray, and it'll be changed. And we did. Yes. And it is. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. You need to think that way all the time. You don't just have to accept a bad report and lack. You say, oh, no, 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 we'll pray. God will hear. And it'll change. Right? Yeah. Doesn't that make you happy to know? We can do something. We can do something. Glory to God. Something can be done about it. Well, if you weren't here, let me review just a little bit. We talked about what prayer is. Anybody remember what prayer is? Prayer, a summary statement, 
communion with God is prayer. Somebody said, well, talking to God. No, it should be more than that. It should be communion with God. Not a one-sided deal. Reciprocal fellowship, communion. We talked about what prayer is not. It's not vain repetitions. It's not saying the same thing, saying the same phrases over and over again. It's not counting beads. It's not spinning a wheel. It's not kneeling in front of statues or pictures. It's not praying to any of the saints or even to Mary or uh, any angels. Did you hear me? We pray to the Father in Jesus' name. Amen. That's how he taught us to pray. In fact, he said in John 16, he said in that day, he said, you won't say, you know, pray the Father for us. He said, uh, in that day, you'll ask me nothing, but you can ask the Father for yourself, Amen. right? And whatever you ask, he'll give it to you. Yeah. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah. What a privilege we have Amen. that we can come before the Father in Jesus' name Amen. and him receive us yes. personally. Glory to God. That's one of the great things about this new covenant. You don't have to go through any humans on the earth. You don't have to go through any saints or angels in heaven. They're just one mediator between God and man. The man Christ Jesus. And you come directly to the Father God in his name. And you'll be received and heard. Thanks be unto God. Well... Then we begin to, after that, get into the gospel accounts, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and study the master prayer. Who would that be? Jesus. There's nobody that ever was a better prayer than Jesus. And he demonstrated how to pray, and he taught us how to pray. So we've been spending all these following weeks from that on how Jesus taught us to pray, and we committed to say, well, ever how he teaches us to pray, that's how we're going to pray. And he taught us to pray in love. He taught us to pray in faith. He taught us that we must ask. He taught us that we can require exercising authority in his name. There's sometimes that it's time to pray, and sometimes it's not time to pray, it's time to say To demand and require, not of God, but of the situation in Jesus' name. And we talked about persistent prayer. We talked about why you should pray. We talked about the prayer of submission. And most recently, we talked about when you don't pray. You remember that? Jesus said, I could pray right now for the Father, you know, and he'd give me a legion of angels, but he didn't pray that prayer. Right? He could have prayed it, but he didn't pray it. And there are times communing with God by the Holy Spirit, even though you could pray something, you're checked not to. And we went and looked at scriptures about how he will plead the case with you. You can plead your case with him, but there's times he'll come back and tell you things you didn't know and plead the case with you. And so, you know, if anybody ever writes a 900 volume set on what to pray in every situation... Save your money. I said, save your money, because that would be a substitute for the Holy Spirit. And you're never going to have that, and you're never going to get that. What's the reality? We are completely dependent on Him every day, right? And we look to Him, and that's what Romans 8 says, that the Spirit helps our infirmities. We know not what we should pray for as we ought, but thank God we got help. 
supernatural help. Enabling us to pray the will of God. And thank God for praying in other tongues. So much your head doesn't know. Don't know the future. So much you don't understand. But thank God you pray. pray, Use your understanding. Pray with your understanding. But then as we do around here. You've heard us do it so many times. You say Lord we've prayed with our understanding. The best we know how. Now help us Holy Ghost. To pray out the perfect will of God further. And then you pray in tongues. You can do a lot of that. And you'll be praying out mysteries. Praying out the divine will of God. 1 Corinthians says. So let's go on today to another area. Would you go please to the book of Matthew? Well, I tell you, also find Luke. Actually, go to Luke 11 first, and then go to Matthew 6. Both of these accounts deal with the same happening. Different accounts of the same Situation, But let's read something from Luke and then go straight to Matthew. Luke 11, verse 1, and then we're going to Matthew 6. We've been studying how Jesus has taught us to pray. And this is really the summary of all the things that we've already looked at in one place. Luke 11 And verse 1, it came to pass that as he, Jesus, was praying. He was doing what? And haven't we looked at so many verses and realized he did a lot of praying, right? If he needed to pray a lot, how about you? How about me? Certainly. He was praying in a certain place. And when he ceased, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. As John also taught his disciples, and he begins teaching them how to pray. And he begins with our Father which art in heaven, so many are familiar with. This is called oftentimes the Lord's Prayer. Uh, Actually, you know, I don't know that it's called the Lord's Prayer in the text, maybe in a caption or something. But it was the Lord teaching them what? How How to pray. Now this is very important. Isn't that what they asked? Teach us to pray. Teach us how to pray. And some people have just taken this and made it a ritual. And they just pray it. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And they just pray it over and over and over. But he didn't just say, you pray these words and these words only. This is teaching us what? How How to pray. Now before we get into this, and we'll go to Matthew's account now. And study this over in Matthew 6. But... Think about what's going on here. They heard Jesus praying, and it made them want to ask, teach me how to pray like that. Right? Well, obviously, he wasn't praying just religiously, was he? Or they wouldn't have wanted to know. He wasn't just praying As a ritual. He wasn't just doing his religious duty. He wasn't just putting in prayer time. Did you hear me? You can tell people's relationship with God by how they talk. Well, I put in 30 minutes of prayer. I was able to put in a whole hour. Well, that doesn't sound good. What do you mean, Brother Keith? Well, let's say a man and woman are engaged. 
They're going to be married next week. And the guy comes back after he's been with his fiance, and he says, you know, I was able to put in 30 minutes talking to her. <laughs> I was able to put in a whole hour us talking together. Well, <laughs> that's not a good sign, right? That's not a good indicator. Why? No, when it is rich fellowship, the hours fly by, right? You don't brag about I was able to put in 30 minutes. You look at your watch and go, it's been three hours. We just lost track of time. And this is true. You can you leave here today and sit down, have a meal and, and get to talking and, and the time just goes. When you're communing, when you're fellowshipping, you're not watching the clock. And what is real prayer supposed to be? It's communion. It's fellowship with God. And so they would hear Jesus communing with the Father. He talked to the Father just like the Father was there that you could see him with your eyes. He talked to him, Father. In fact, let me give you an example of this. Hold your place there in Matthew 6. And go over to, let's see, John 12. Hold your place in Matthew 6. Go to John 12. Jesus was not just speaking into the air. He wasn't praying out of somebody's prayer book. Sometimes the Bible said he prayed all night long. What's another way of saying that? He communed with the Father. He fellowshiped with the Father. How many understand communion is two-way? Like we said last week, people are familiar with this term. Prayer is supposed to be interactive. Right? Not just that you watch something happen. It's interactive. You talk to him, he listens. He talks to you, you listen. Right? Communion. Now, you're not trying to hear audible voices. You're not trying to see something or feel something with your physical senses. But God can become so real to you in your spirit that even though you don't see him, you don't feel him, you don't hear him with your ear, he's just as real and his communication with you is just as distinct as any human that you know. And it can become even more so. Now, if it's not that way with you, don't despair. Don't give up. It's just a matter of operating too much in the flesh. You can grow. I said you can grow. And you can become more sensitive. We spent a number of weeks around here teaching on how to be led by the Spirit. How to be sensitive to Him. All that's available. Not for me with those things. But Jesus was praying on this occasion. In John 12. And down in verse 26. Jesus said, If any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. It's an interesting thing. If you go through the concordance sometime and see how many times Jesus referred to the father. It's hundreds, hundreds. He's always talking about the father this, the father that. I always do those things that please him. I don't speak of myself, but whatever the father tells me. And what I, I just do what I see the father do. The father, the father. I didn't come of myself, but he sent me. The father, he's always talking about the father. Jesus is the ultimate father pleaser. 
He's our example. Prayer means that you're cognizant and aware of the Father all the time. And he began praying here in verse 27. He said that, and then he starts praying. He said, now is my soul troubled, and what shall I say? Father, so who's he talking to right now? He's praying. Father, save me from this hour. But for this cause came I unto this hour. Now see, here again we see knowing when to pray and when not to pray. Sometimes you'll start praying something, and then you'll get a check and go, no, can't pray that. Right? It's an active, living thing. He said, Father, say, you know, it came up in his heart, and he sensed what was coming up. He said, Father, save me from this. And then he thought, no, no, can't do that. This is why I came. This is why I'm here, is for this hour. Then he said this. Father, glorify your name. Then came there a voice from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and I'll glorify it again. Now that's prayer. I said, that's prayer. He said, Father, glorify your name. And the father said, I have. And I'll glorify it again. That's two-sided. Did you hear that? Is that available to you and I? Now, you may not hear an audible voice. And this was an exception with him and other people being around. Do you know, have another place where it said that he heard an audible voice. You know, I'm not saying he didn't. When they're on the Mount of Transfiguration, a similar thing happened. But notice the people's response. When they heard it, verse 29, they said what? It thundered. (laughs) I said, did you hear that? What was that? First, that fellow said, that's thunder. See them clouds over there? (laughs) And other people said, an angel spoke to him. And Jesus said, this voice came not because of me, but for your sakes. See, the father was so real to Jesus. He didn't have to hear an audible voice for him to believe that he was there. Did you hear me? He communed with him all the time without an audible voice. But you know, this tells you a whole other realm of things. Depending on where you are spiritually, you hear differently. It's amazing. Two people can be sitting side by side in a service and hear the same thing. One leave bored. The other leave changed forever. Heard the same thing. And yet they didn't hear the same thing. You can hear and not hear, right? These people heard the audible voice of God speaking. He heard it. I guess his disciples heard it. Other people heard it. said, no, that wasn't thunder. Didn't you hear that? That was God. Other folks said, that was thunder. I've had people try to challenge me and say, well, you know, show us a healing and we'll believe it. No, you won't. Faith doesn't come by seeing. No. Remember, the Bible said the disciples saw Jesus come walking on the water. They saw it, right? And it says, and they were filled with faith. Huh? No, they were filled with what? Fear. Aren't they seeing a miracle? Isn't it right in front of their eyes? Did it give them faith? Faith does not come by seeing. You can see the greatest miracles in the earth and leave doubting if you choose to. 
You can explain it away. You can say, oh, no, they had that framed up or that would have happened anyway. Or, you know, well, it just it would have went into remission by itself. And and no, that would have worked out anyway. Listen, something good happens for you. Every good gift, every perfect gift comes down from above, from the father of lights. Give him the glory. Give him the credit. Say the Lord did it for me. Right. Don't be a doubter. Be a believer. Right? Don't you like that? He says, Father, glorify your name. Father answers right back out loud and says, I have. And I'll glorify it again. Whew. Everybody say, Lord, bring us up. To the same kind of prayer life. Our master has. Amen. Go to Matthew 6, please. He taught us how to pray. In the so-called Lord's Prayer. They asked him, they said, Lord, teach us to pray. And in Matthew 6, you see Matthew's account, he gives more details while we're going there. But let's look at it and examine it. Remind ourselves. Now, this is so rich, as you know, you could spend a month on this every day and night and not exhaust it and you spend the rest of your life. But let's remind ourselves of some of the basics of how he's taught us to pray. Verse uh, 5 of Matthew 6. Matthew 6, 5. He said, when you pray. So he expects that you will be praying. You shall not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray, standing in the synagogues in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say to you, they have their reward. That's all the reward they'll get, is people looking at them and going, whoo. Boy, they sure can pray. (laughs) I really don't care for that. I like to see results. Don't you? Changes in the earth, in our life. And he said, but when you pray, enter into your closet. How many believe in big closets? There you go. (laughs) And when you have shut your door, that's a walk-in closet. Uh, (laughs) I know that means bedroom and inner chamber. Okay. Pray. To your father, which is in secret, and your father, which sees in secret, shall reward you openly. But when you pray, use not vain repetitions. Listen to yourself when you pray. When you hear yourself saying the same thing over and over again, you know, like it used to be on the old vinyl records, get the needle, take it off. Say, quit that, boy. Who are you talking to? Be aware of who you're talking to. He's listening. Right? And uh, he said, don't be like the heathen. They think they shall be heard for their much speaking. Now, there's a lot of Christians that think that the key to answers is much prayer. But he warned us about it. No, it's not in quantity. It's not in seeing how many people you can get to pray. It's not in how long you pray. It's in praying effectively. Praying in faith. Praying the word of God. Praying the will of God. Right? Don't see how long you can pray. I mean, you know, if you and I are talking, you don't want to see how long you can drag the conversation out. Right? Do you? I shouldn't want to see how long I can drag the conversation out. And, you know, a lot of people have a bad habit of that. Phyllis and I laugh about it sometimes because, you know, with... uh, 
everything that's going on, uh, sometimes we've had a full slate. And um, sometimes people will just call you on the phone and want to chat. And you're looking at this pile of stuff on your desk and you got four other lines that are lit up and they're just going on and on about why? Because they don't have much going on. <laughs> and you're thinking, come on, get to it. <laughs> we, we got places to go, people to see, things to do. How many understand you shouldn't come to the throne room and just drag around with what you're going to say? Now, if you want to wait on the Lord, that's fine. Just worship him. Wait on the Lord. But when you're praying, get to the point. Right? Get to the point. Pray what you mean. Say what you mean. Mean what you say. Right? Avoid all this vain repetition and excess speaking with no substance in it. He said, be not ye therefore like to them, for your father knows what things you have need of before you ask him. After this manner, therefore pray ye. Now, he didn't say always pray this exact prayer, but after what? After this manner. How's it start? As we go through this, you'll see things that we've gone over in detail prior to this. What we talk about prayer is how? To the Father. In Jesus' name. This is how you start. Our Father. You're praying to the Father. The Father. Our Father, which art in heaven. What's next? Hallowed be thy name. Didn't we talk about that? We looked at, you must beware of using the Lord's name in vain. And a lot of people are doing it, I mean every day, and they don't even see it, I guess. It's popular among teenagers to use this phrase, oh my God. That's using the Lord's name in vain. Did you hear me? you got to watch about just mindlessly, you're calling it praying. But you're going, oh God, oh God, oh God. Oh, God. Well, like we've said before, what if you got an audience with uh, President Bush? And you went in and fell across the desk and said, Oh, President Bush. Oh, President Bush. Oh, President Bush. Oh, for 15 minutes. (laughs) Well, I doubt you'd make it that long. (laughs) They'd have you out of there. But after... Several times of that, he'd say, what? What do you want? Sit down. Quiet down. What do you want? So we must not get into this mindless ritual, just being religious. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. His name is to be reverenced. His name is to be respected. His name is to be held holy. The name of Jesus, by which we have access to the Father. Is to be held holy and precious. Right? When we say, Father, we're not saying that loosely. We're talking to Him. Right? When you say, Father, when you say, Our God, when you say, Jesus, when you say, Master, you better be talking to Him or about Him. Right? And not just throwing those names around loosely. And when you come before Him and you say, Father, We come to you in Jesus' name. I mean, you say it with every bit of honor and respect that you have within you. Right? Today's Father's Day. We should give honor to whom honor is due. We should honor our fathers. I mean, understand, if you know the Bible, the Bible talks about honoring your mother and father. Under the uh, Old Testament, failure to honor father and mother was punishable by death. 
Right? Such a serious thing. And we live in a generation where children are so disrespectful and people are so rude. I was talking to somebody the other day and they kept talking about Jane this and Jane that. And I said, who's Jane? They said, well, you know, my mother. That's not okay. That's not okay. Somebody kept talking about, well, my old man, my old man this, my old man that. Who are you talking about? Well, you know, my father. No, that's not okay. I said, that's not okay. Him, his name is to be reverenced, held holy. Can you say amen? amen? You know, Dr. Kenneth Hagin, my father in the faith, going home to be with the Lord now. I'm rejoicing with him. And, uh, you know, we taught in the school there for a number of years. And sometimes I'd meet alumni out across the country in different places. And sometimes people would come to me, and this is out more than once. And they say, well, how's the old man? They're talking about the founder of the school and ministry that they attended, that they're alumni of. They're talking about the person that they said, you know, God used to change their life through the revelation. How's the old man? You want to say, (laughs) but you don't. (laughs) How many understand our natural fathers is not the old man? Right? Our father, God. You know, sometimes people, they want to show that they have intimate communion with the Father God. And so they use, you know, different terminology to try to show that. And somebody's telling me the other day, well, I got the ghost. I got the ghost. What do you mean? You know, the Holy Ghost. Show a little more respect. Huh? Well, you know, I'm just talking about my dad, my daddy-o, my daddy-o. Well, (laughs) he is your dad. And you should know him as dad. But watch it. Uh, you know, we don't serve a Disney God. We don't serve a Baptist or a charismatic or Catholic or Pentecostal God. He is the Almighty, Amen. creator of heavens and earth. He's the God and great Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He ought to be revered. His name ought to be respected. Amen. Every time you pray, I don't care if you're riding in your car, I don't care if you're brushing your teeth and combing your hair in the morning, if you're making your bed, when you say, Father, Think about what you're saying. Think about who you're talking to. Show the proper respect. Right? It'll change your prayer life. He said, because how many remember that he said, those who honor me, what happens? I will honor them. One way he honors you, a big way, is by hearing you and receiving your prayer. And how much honor is it when he answers your prayer? Grants your request. Thanks be unto God. Our Father, which are in heaven... Hallowed, holy, reverenced, honored, valued be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Now see, we've touched on this and talked about this. You want to pray the will of God, right? We find his will first and foremost in the word. But then also his spirit reveals his will to us. And you don't say, well, that's why I just always pray, Lord, you know, whatever you want. Thy will be done. We don't know. Thy will be done. That's not okay. Because the Bible teaches us in Ephesians 5.17, among other places, don't be foolish, don't be unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. That's why he gave us this book. That's why he's given us the teacher of the Holy Spirit. 
right? For us to be taught and to come into an understanding progressively of what the will of the Lord is. And how many remember First John said, we know that whatever we ask according to his will, what do we know? He hears us if we ask what? According to his will. How are we going to ask according to his will? You don't just say, well, Lord, whatever your will is. No, he taught us, find out what it is. Seek and you'll find. Pursue. And then when you find, you stand on it. You don't let anybody move you off of it. How many believe it's his will for everybody to be saved? Everybody to be free from sin. Everybody to be filled with the Spirit. Everybody to have power in their life. Everybody to be healed. Everybody to be prosperous. Victorious. Then you pray that way. He went on to say, give us this day our daily bread. Now, you know, he had said before that the Father knows what things you have need of before you ask him. But then Jesus turns right around and teaches you to ask for your daily requirements. So said, well, you know, he knows what I need and I just believe he'll send what I need. No, Jesus taught us to ask. We spent a whole time on that, a whole Sunday on that. Ask. Didn't the James also say, you have not? Why? Because you ask. How many understand there are a lot of things you require every day? Today's a new day, right? And ask, whether you understand it or not, let's just do it because Jesus told us to. But there are legalities, spiritual legalities are involved. So every time I take a trip, I ask. A lot of times, days in advance or weeks in advance, if I know I'm going somewhere, I'll say, Lord, I ask you for direction. I ask you for favor. I ask your hand on our equipment. I ask your hand on us. Make us bright and quick and sharp. Keep us back from making mistakes. Every trip. Did you hear me? Why? Because the enemy is always looking for access. He's looking for you to forget to pray. He's looking for you to forget to believe. He's looking for you to forget to stand in an area. He's looking for holes. Right? I mean, you remember the story of Job, don't you? What was he doing? Going around that wall, looking for holes. Looking for holes. So every time, every day, I mean, now don't do it in fear and don't do it just in religious ritual. But every day when you take a trip, I know every, Phyllis and I read our Bibles. A lot of times we'll do it at that point. We'll say, Lord, uh, we ask you to direct us in all of our decisions and all of our goings and doings today. Ministering spirits, we charge you. Go before us and clear the way. Before, behind, above, beneath, round about us. Keep us from any harm, any damage, any loss, any problems. We ask, Lord, give us wisdom all the time. Give us wisdom every day. Give us wisdom. Direct us. Right? I mean, when I fly, I pray certain things every time. Lord, you know, uh, pray your hand on this airplane. Every piece, every pump, every valve, every switch. Uh, You know, when I was learning how to fly, people said, well, you just watch it. One of these days, you'll have an engine failure. One of these days, you'll have this. And under my breath, I'd say, "Mm -mm. mm-mm. I'll fly year after year with no trouble. Hmm? Now, when you say things like that, people will say, Well, who does he think he is? Stuff happens. You just never know. (laughs) But we've established that is not a verse. Right? The psalmist David said, a thousand may fall at this side, ten thousand at this side. But what? It won't happen to me. 
Right? Somebody said, well, I just don't know about that. Well, then you're open season. Give us this day our daily bread. Daily, it's right to ask for things. Right? In faith, not just asking, but when you ask, believe he heard you, believe he granted you your request, and expect it. I say, Lord, I ask you to help me to get the right people in air traffic control. I ask you to direct them as they direct me. You know, numerous things I ask. And then I get in the airplane and I expect that to happen. Phyllis and I, we flew a little single engine all over this country and Canada for two years. It was not an all-weather airplane, just a little single. It was our first airplane. We never had to cancel one trip. It was amazing. We'd speak to, we'd say, winds, blow that weather out of the way in Jesus' name. And we'd come a-flying through, and you'd see, I mean, there's stuff on this side, there's stuff on this side. There's like a 30-mile swath all the way to our destination. We've seen it once. Is that true? I mean, you look out the window, and you're just going, glory to God. Look at that. Praise God. All the way for hundreds and hundreds of miles. God is faithful. But you must what? Ask, ask every day for your daily requirements. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Now, see, we talked about Jesus taught us to pray in love. How important that is, because if you don't forgive others, he won't forgive you. You're not in a position to pray and get your prayers answered. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Other translations talk about rescue us. From the evil one. And uh, there's a whole host of things there that you just say, Lord, uh, help me. You know, the Bible talks about the writer of the Proverbs told his sons. He's talked about the wayward woman. He said, don't go near the door of her house. Jesus warned his disciples, pray, watch and pray so that you don't enter into temptation. The devil can't push you through the door. Did you hear me? Nobody can make you enter in. You can decide, I'm not going through that door. I'm not yielding to that. I'm not doing that. And he's praying along that line. Lord, the word lead is actually the word bring, if you look it up in different places. Bring us in a way that avoids temptation. Right? Don't go near the door of her house, he said. How many understand that if you're trying to avoid sweets, let's say, it's a lot easier to pass the grocery store. Than it is the cookie aisle. Right? It's a lot easier to pass the cookie aisle than it is your cabinet. Right? Avoid temptation. Lord, help us with that. And he went on to say, For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Thanks be unto God. Now, this is Jesus teaching us how to pray. We call it the Lord's Prayer. I want to take you to another place, and I believe we'll close with this. This is the Lord at prayer, the Lord praying. How many would like to kneel down beside the Lord and listen to him pray? Huh? Would you like that? Well, what if... uh, He wasn't there in person necessarily, but you had somebody taped it. The Lord, I'm talking about the Lord Jesus now, the master. He was praying and somebody taped it 
and you could play it and listen to it. Would you listen to it frequently? It has been written down. It has been recorded. An entire chapter of Jesus praying. I want us to read it this morning. I want us to read it in reverence. Don't just listen to Keith talking now for the next several minutes. I'm going to pray. I'm going to ask the Lord to help me. And I'm going to read this passage. And we're going to, you and I both, open our hearts and ears to listen and hear the Master praying. And believe God to teach us so that we pray like that. And we see His communion and fellowship with the Father. And we come up to that place so that we walk with the Father and commune with the Father like He did. As He did. It's in John 17. John 17. Now I'm going to read the entire prayer. And I'm going to endeavor to pray the prayer. So close your eyes and release faith with me right now. Father, we honor you. We honor the Lord Jesus. And we honor these precious words that you have had recorded for us at great, great price. Our eyes are on you and we desire to know and to understand the fellowship that Jesus had with you and walked with you as he walked the earth. We say with the disciples of old, teach us how to pray like this. Bring us up to this place of communion. Open our ears to hear, our eyes to see, our heart to receive, to see you, to see the reality of this in Jesus' name. John 17. Jesus is praying. These words spoke Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify your son that your son also may glorify you. As you've given him power over all flesh that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. This is life eternal, that they might know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I have glorified you on the earth. I have finished the work which you gave me to do. And now, O Father, glorify thou me with your own self, with the glory which I had with you, Before the world was. I've manifested your name to the men which you gave me out of the world. Yours they were and you gave them to me. and They have kept your word. Now they have known that all things whatever you've given me are of you. For I've given to them the words which you gave me. And they have received them and have known surely that I came out from you and they have believed that you did send me. I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but for them which you have given me, for they are yours. 
and all yours, all mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. And now I am no more in the world, but these are in the world, and I come to you. Holy Father, keep through your own name those whom you've given me, that they may be one as we are. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in your name. Those that you gave me, I have kept, and none of them is lost, but the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. And now I come to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they might have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them your word. And the world has hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I pray not that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through your truth. Your word is truth. As you have sent me into the world, even so have I also sent them into the world. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself that they also might be sanctified through the truth. Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word. That they all may be one. As you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you have sent me. And the glory which you gave me, I have given them, that they may be one, even as we are one. I in them, and you in me, that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. Father, I will that they also whom you have given me be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory which you have given me, for you loved me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, the world has not known you, but I have known you. And these have known that you have sent me, and I've declared to them your name, and will declare it, that the love wherewith you have loved me may be in them, and I in them. Hallelujah. Glory to God. That's how you pray. Can you say amen? Why don't you stand on your feet? This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.